Hey guys, welcome back to the Amateur Draft Podcast, episode 4. Today we're going to be going over um, something completely different and uh, pretty much canning what we've been talking about because, well, I guess you kind of live and learn and we're figuring out what, what works. So, today, I'm here with also Ethan. It's going to be our season predictions uh, for the 2020 NFL season. I decided to wait for this after we saw all the opt-outs happen. Uh, that deadline's passed, and we're figuring out when fans are starting to be in seats, so... We decided it would be a good time to do this, uh, just to kind of go back to what we were talking about in the last three episodes, or I guess suppose the last two episodes, uh, with the prototypes video, uh, prototypes series. It just really wasn't working as far as pacing, and we didn't have necessarily enough to talk about to where I felt like it was really flowing well. Yeah, season predictions should be a fun one. Uh, I mean, we're both fans. We're very passionate about it. We picked some things that uh, you may not agree with, and if you do, let us know on Instagram. Yeah, it, that'll be at Amateur Draft Scout. Uh, make sure to follow me there. That's where most of my content is. That's where you're going to find all my draft breakdowns. I recently put up a jersey swap, actually, that I, I did my own Photoshop for. Uh, it's, it was more of a hobby, actually, before I was in scouting, but figured that actually kind of parlays pretty well into what I do uh, in the scouting world. So make sure to look up. Uh, make sure to look for that kind of stuff. I just had one on Alex Leatherwood. Um, next up should be Tuesday. It's going to be Sam Cosme. I've gotten a lot of questions about that. Um, so keep your eyes out for that. This should be going up on Monday, so um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So uh, before we get into the actual uh, predictions, I'd like to kind of preface what we have here. So we used uh, playoffpredictors.com, which is a great way of doing this. And keep in mind, we didn't pick games based on record. We picked the record based on games. So there are some teams that have worse records than we would necessarily say. Uh, we'll get to that just because they played a really tough schedule, or, for example, they drop a game here because the other team's on a bye week, looking ahead to another game. Um, and rather than going game by game, we're going to go team by team here, um, starting with the NFC North and ending in the AFC West. Yeah. A lot of these teams, you know, you see their record, and you're like, oh, I think they're better than that, but we picked it based on matchup, home field advantage, coming off bye week, weather, really factors in in some of these, and then just the experienced quarterbacks. Uh, definitely. And one of those things that we did include is that we did not have any fans in the seats until week six. So a lot of the home field advantage for, for, for example, Seattle, Minnesota, uh, some of these other teams, New Orleans, comes from uh, having fans in the seats and the noise in the stadium, which if you don't have any fans there, uh, it's not necessarily going to be present. So uh, I think we're ready to get into it. We are. So starting it off with Baltimore. No, we're going to start NFC. Oh, NFC North. My bad. We're starting off with Green Bay. Yep. So, uh, let's pull up Green Bay here. Uh, so, for the Green Bay Packers, um, we'd have them going 11-5, and 3-3 three and three in their division. Um, this is going to be uh, losing to Minneapolis, uh, beating Detroit, losing to New Orleans, uh, beating Atlanta, beating Tampa, beating Houston, losing to Minneapolis, uh, beat, uh, losing to San Francisco again, uh, beating Jacksonville, Indy, Losing to Chicago, uh, beating Philly, uh, beating Detroit, Carolina, Denver, Chicago, and then losing to Seattle. So, uh, what are some things that stood out to you in this? I mean, I think the first thing that stood out is their back-to-back losses in Week 8 and Week 9 against uh, the Vikings and the uh, Niners. Yeah, that's a really tough stretch there. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's a tough stretch, especially considering you're losing to Minneapolis in, at home, you know, in Lambeau, but... I think the thing that we really took in we really took into consideration here was 
in week eight, Minnesota's coming off the bye week, and that just really helps a team. Uh, it just really helps a team, especially a team that likes to run the ball, go into Green Bay and, and really win. Yeah, you have them coming off the bye week, and, you know, Minnesota tends to be kind of an injury-prone team in a bye week, let your guys heal up. They come off really fresh. And then we actually have Green Bay losing to them twice. They really just don't match up well against them this year. Yeah, and not to mention the fact that, and this is a really sorry matchup for Green Bay, you know, you're – we would say, you know, home and home with this team. We think they're about equal, and I think that uh, being at home really just is the difference. Minnesota does have that bye week before uh, before going to Lambeau, so it, that means that they're getting that they're getting swept there. And actually, you get an eleven to five record to to lead the division at three and three in division. Yeah, it's really kind of rare. If you want to make the playoffs, normally you have to be strong in your division. Green Bay really does just enough in their division not to be considered bad. Yep, but they're but they're a solid team. You know they're gonna uh, they're gonna come in first in their division. And next up, speaking of Minnesota, um, it's Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we got them going nine and uh, we got them going nine and seven, five and one in division. So this is kind of the opposite of Green Bay, where you know they're getting second. They're down by you know two down by two wins, but they almost swept the entire division. And something that stands out is they are not good on the road this year, Lila picking them. They're a really strong home team, but they are not a great road team, which comes from having Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. He doesn't tend to be as good on the road. Yeah, and I think I think one of the things that does stand out is that they're, you know, six and two versus losing teams, three and five versus winning teams. So there's a big difference uh, as far as, you know, what you're seeing here. I mean, you're losing to Indy. Early on in week two, right? That's a decent team to lose to. And I think a lot of people would be surprised by that. With that, we pick the home field and the fact that Indianapolis, we really think is going to be kind of a punch-you-in-the-mouth team this year, very physical. Yeah, and I mean, Minnesota's not going to have Everson Griffin this year, which you really like them to have. They're still a great team, but I do think that they have lost a player or two that's just going to hurt them. Um, I mean, looking throughout this, looking through the schedule, it's not that crazy even looking at you know, they lose to Dallas. Dallas coming off a bye week, which that's very much a swing game. Um, that's a maybe. That's a maybe game. It's a coin flip. We really see that going either way. The reason we picked Dallas is just them coming off the bye week and being fresh. Yeah, and we were fairly kind to them as far as in, in division. I mean, like 5-1. and one, So, yeah, I think it's a reasonable record for Minnesota this year. And going back to that Dallas game, another reason that we picked them to lose that game is that Minnesota tends to have a weaker offensive line, and Dallas is projected to have a really good pass rush this year. Not just a really good pass rush, but a really good front seven. And a team that wants to run the ball a lot against that front seven of Dallas is going to really struggle. So that's just a bad matchup. And that's where a team might be better. Like, I think Minnesota's better than Dallas. Oh, I do too, no doubt. That matchup just does not suit Minnesota well. Yeah, and, and that's a lot of their losses. They just Teams that, that beat them are teams that are really strong against the run. Yeah, I mean, you get or you get Tampa off the bye week. You know, I think Tennessee's a good enough team. Seattle in Seattle in prime time, you know Chicago's going to split with them here, which is the only game in division that they lose. You know that those are not difficult. You know that's not difficult to say it's going to happen. I mean, they sweep Detroit, which I think might even be generous. Yeah, I mean Detroit tends to pull some in division games out, so that could be generous. It could be an eight and eight record for uh, Minnesota this year. So uh, Chicago coming in at seven and nine here. Uh, this this is a uh, this is an interesting team. It's very mediocre. I, I think is the best way to put it. Yeah, and that really starts with their quarterback situation. You know, you have Nick Foles, who, I mean, as an Eagles fan, I like Nick Foles, but I also don't like him as my starter. 
Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, I think he's going to be about the best backup. I think he's one of the 33 best quarterbacks in, in the league. league. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's solid. He'll win you a lot of games, but also lose you some games, you know. I think when you look at this, 4-4 four and four at home, 3-5 and five away, like 4-4 four and four versus winning, 3-5 and five versus losing, they're just super average. Like, you know, I mean, you're losing to L.A. in L.A. in Week 7. You're losing to Carolina in Week 6 in Carolina, which I don't think are crazy games. You know, those are going to go either way. Losing in Atlanta in Week 3. Like, some of these teams that are just mediocre. They're about 500 against. They're beating teams like Indy, you know, in Minnesota, in Green Bay, in Lambeau, off the bye week. Like, there's some of these games that just... They're, they're beating teams that they shouldn't necessarily beat, but because of the circumstances, they're just winning those. But the teams that they shouldn't... But then all these close games, they're kind of dropping. So they could very well end up being a 10-win team. They, they could also very well end up being a 5-win team. They could, and it's sad to see them having a 7-win record because they have a really talented defense, and it's sad to see those guys kind of age out of their prime while their offense just can't figure it out. Yeah, and I mean, we'd love to go more into depth in all these teams, but you know, we've got 32 teams to go into here. Plus playoffs, plus awards, and I'd personally like to have this over two episodes, so we'll figure out how that splits up well. But man, it's gonna be if we don't check ourselves, it'll be two and a half hours of of predictions, which I personally don't have an issue with. I imagine other people might. Um, so Detroit Lions, uh, looking five and eleven record, three and nine in conference. Uh, let's see, two and four in division. This is kind of Chicago, but slightly worse here. I well, mean, the thing that's stands out the most is one and eight versus winning teams. Yeah, I think that's just one of those things where man, like they got a winning record against losing teams, but that's kinda it. You know, five and eleven, what you really see here is they're just dropping I mean, they're just they're in that really mediocre range where they're gonna sit there and go five hundred against the bottom third of the league. And yeah. you know, if you really want to be a winning team, you gotta be able to win at home. They have a losing record at home. And you got to be able to go about 500 on the road, and they just get destroyed when they're on the road. And you know Detroit has some talent, but their quarterback's starting to get old, and they don't have a true superstar anywhere other than Matt Stafford. I mean, they've got you know, and that's where that's where I think the upside is there, right? The upside is there if you can get the coaching to pull it ar- can pull it around. Because I've heard two things. I've heard from some people that uh, Matt Patricia really is connecting with his players better. You know, you just got to believe in him. But then I've heard things about, like, that he's lost a locker room. And I'm not ready to believe in him yet. I could see it, and I wouldn't be surprised by it if he does well. Especially, I mean, you've got Chicago. Minnesota at some point's not going to do great, but I don't think it's this year. Like, See, I think uh, I think Detroit, really, they've got some weapons. They've got, uh, they've got the quarterback, obviously. They've got some, they've got some potential on defense, for sure. I just, I think, I don't see them really finishing the games that they should be winning, you know, and and Stafford's one of those wild cards where he'll, he'll win you some games you shouldn't be winning, um, but in this, I just, I don't see it happening, you know, and these record predictions aren't very chalky. We don't have a team uh, above 12 wins this year, just because, I mean, there's a lot of parity, and I see a lot of stuff happening like that. There are obviously going to be teams that overperform, there are going to be teams that underperform, but um, with this, you know, there's just, there's a lot of parity in the league, and then i this is kind of what I see. All right, now for the NFC South, uh, we're going to actually start out here uh, with New Orleans, and this is the closest. This is the closest one out of all of them, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so New Orleans Saints, 
we got going 12 and 4, 4 and 2 in division. Um, you know, I think one of those things that's really, really interesting. They're about as solid of a team as you'll find here. They're 7 and 1 at home, 5 and 3 away. Um, 7 2 versus winning, 5 and 2 versus losing. It's kind of what you'd expect from this team who has been consistently very good. Um, You've got them dropping Chicago, Tampa, Atlanta, Denver. Those are games that are, I mean, we've got one or two of those that are kind of odd, but I could see them going 10 wins. I could see them going 14 wins. Yeah, I think New Orleans is going to be a really good team this year. You have Drew Brees in his last year, wants to get one more ring. You have a great coach in Sean Payton. That defense is really good. good. They have a solid secondary that can slow down the passing game long enough for their pass rush to get there, and then they're really good against the run with experienced linebackers like Demario Davis. Yeah, I mean, I think this actually might be the best team, in my opinion, against the run in the league. Um, I mean, right there with San Francisco, I just I think that that's going to help them a lot, especially when you look in the playoffs, where a lot of these teams that are really good now um, are, are running the ball a lot. So, I mean, I think New Orleans is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, it's not a very odd division. NFC North was kind of was kind of odd, but the South is a lot... It's a lot easier to turn. No, they're a pretty clear-cut division. And, you know, the team that kind of coming out of nowhere this year is Tampa Bay. Yeah, but Tampa Bay actually is going to be the exact same as New Orleans. At 12-4, and 4-2 four, four and two in division, 7-1 and one home, 5-3 away, 4-3 uh, and three versus winning, 8-1 and one versus losing. So they're actually going to be losing a little bit more against winning teams here than New Orleans. You know, and I think that largely comes out of just matchups. And New Orleans really doesn't have one glaring weakness, and Tampa Bay does. Yep, and this is where Tampa Bay, um, so for example, the, team, the games that they lose, they lose in Atlanta. Uh, they lose in Philly. They lose in Vegas. Vegas coming off of a bye week. They lose uh, in Tampa against Green Bay coming off the bye week. They lose in New Orleans week one. Like, they're just some of these teams where, you know, I mean, they're good teams. They're solid teams. Atlanta's going to come out of nowhere and beat somebody. You know, they're not going to be bad. They're just going to be okay at the very least. Um, you know, Green Bay's a solid team. Vegas off a bye in Vegas is going to beat a really good Tampa Bay team. Um, and you know what stands out about all those teams is all those teams have one receiver that can take over a game with Tampa Bay's weak secondary. Uh, at least, I mean, not necessarily Las Vegas, but Las Vegas is just going to run the ball down your throat. Um, and that's where I think Tampa Bay... You really just give it to Vegas because you believe in Gruden off the bye week. Gruden off the bye week is going to have his guys fired up coming in there, and he's going to want to beat Tom Brady so we can say he beat Tom Brady. Yep, for sure. Um, so, next up is Carolina, 5-11, and 2-4 and in division. 1-9 um, and nine versus winning teams, 4-2 and two versus losing teams. This is just... They're in the middle of... They're in the middle of rebuilding, but they didn't destroy their team. Yeah, I mean, Carolina fans shouldn't be too upset by this year. You know, Matt Rule has taken, what, about three, four years to build his teams up in college? Um, yep, yeah. So three, four years down the road, I think Carolina is going to be a really solid team. They did a good job in the draft getting some solid pieces. They have a bridge quarterback, and ironically, Teddy Bridgewater. There you go. Um, <laughs> You're proud of that one, aren't you? <laughs> I am proud of that one. Uh, and so they'll be, su- they'll be a losing team this year, but really they're looking to the future. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and this is... This is interesting because uh, then you look at Atlanta. They are also five and eleven in uh, in total, and two and four in division. Two and nine versus winning teams. Three and two versus losing teams. Um, they are they're an interesting team because they have talent. 
but the matchups that I see with okay, the the winning teams are running the ball a lot, and Falcon and the Falcons have a, a an insanely hard time against running teams because they, they play with small linebackers. The, yeah, they play with Deion Jones, Foyasade Olokun, and I mean primarily. And who outside of that? Like I'm I'm not a I'm not a Falcons fan, but you know I mean Grady Jarrett's not a big dude in the middle. Um, you've got what Alan Bailey, I think. I mean, this Falcons team is really lacks toughness. Yeah. They don't have anybody that has grit that'll just get in there and stop the run. Yeah, I mean, and even like, I mean, even Tuck McKinley, who was okay, he led the league in sacks one year, but the pressures weren't close. I mean, he's gone now to the Titans. So you are really in the middle of in the middle of trying to rebuild. I mean, you got to hope that. Uh, oh, who did they lose? What's that corner um, that they lost? Devontae Freeman to Detroit, and that's your... No, that's not Devontae Freeman. That's the running back. Oh, not Devontae Freeman. What's that dude's name? I don't know. They lost him to Detroit. Yeah, they lost they lost their primary corner to Detroit. Um, you know, you got to hope Isaiah Oliver actually does something at all. Well, you got to hope that Keanu Neal stays healthy. Yeah, there's just a lot of you hopes in here. Uh, there's no doubt the offense is going to be good. But you got to ask yourself, you know... Are they going to beat Vegas? I don't think so. Are they going to beat New Orleans once? Yeah. They, they can beat L.A. They're not going to beat Kansas City. They're not going to beat Tampa. Well, they, they're going to split with Tampa. See, not going to beat Denver off a of bye week. Carolina's going to split them. Like, they're just, a lot of these teams are just better. Just better. And, you know, the question that Atlanta's management is going to have to ask is, are you going to accept this coaching staff underperforming again. Um, yeah, I mean, and they have they have for a while. The only reason that they got to that Super Bowl was Kyle Shanahan, which, I mean, they let him go, and they saw what happened. It's just this, the front office has built around Matt Ryan and, and watched the team underperform to the point that, like, you, you kind of have to, you kind of have to turn over a new leaf here and go, okay, at some point, Ryan's going to be too old. At some point, Julio's going to be too old, and you got to re—you just got to retool, man. Because you got to rebuild. You can't even retool at that point. No, at this point, this team needs to be blown up and rebuilt. They're old, injured, and underperforming. Yep, and right now with New Orleans and Tampa um, being as good as they are, you know, as talented as they are, New Orleans is going to take a couple years where they're going to be good and they're going to cheat the salary cap and they're going to do more magic, and then they're going to run out. Like, their luck's going to run out. Tampa Bay's not going to have Tom Brady for for forever. Um, they're not going to have that receiving court for forever. They're not going to have, you know, they can't pay everybody. And at this point, this is when Atlanta needs to blow it up and be ready for when those teams age out so yep. that you can have your run then. That's exactly That's what Carolina exactly right. did, and that's what Atlanta needs to start doing this year. Yep, and that's why, I mean, I look a couple years in the future, and I think Carolina's got a, got a very good future um, in this division because they are hitting that window right now. They are. They're doing a great job. They saw what the problem was. They're like, okay, we're not going to hold on to this aging core that's not going to compete with these other two teams. We're going to get ready for the future when those teams aren't the powerhouses. And I'll tell you exactly what that comes down to. It comes down to ownership. Um, the new owner of the Carolina Panthers has gone in. He got rid of Ron Rivera, who was a very good coach. You know, got rid of Cam Newton, got rid of all of that, all that, you know, nucleus of the team, and said we're going modern. We're gonna bring in, uh, we're gonna bring in Joe Brady, uh, for uh, the, you know, 
passing game coordinator at LSU last year. We're going to bring in Matt Rule, who went in and is known for rebuilding programs. Like, we're going to do all this kind of stuff, and we're going to be a step ahead, uh, and we're not going to hold on to the past, which I love. Um, and then he didn't waste an early draft pick on a quarterback that's just going to sit behind a bad team. He signed a bridge quarterback and drafted defense in the trenches. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's really done he's really done a fantastic job so far um, of of putting his team in the right position to succeed. You know, a lot not a lot of not often do you give the owner that much credit, but as far as the staff turnover and what he's got as a vision for this team, you can see that it's it's good. And I mean, he's truly done an outstanding job with this team. I'm really excited to see their future. Yeah. So uh, next up, we have your team here, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they went nine and seven, uh, nine seven overall, five and one in division, uh, six and two at home, three and five away, three and seven versus winning, and six and zero oh versus losing. Uh, what do you see as an Eagles fan here? I mean, I see a really talented offense that's going to carry this team. Uh, Doug Peterson's an offensive coach. Carson Wentz is a stud. Their receiving core has gotten a lot better. But I see some glaring weaknesses on defense, which is why they're so bad against winning teams. Yeah, I think the biggest weakness that I saw right off the bat might be one of the weakest rooms in the entire NFL, uh, that being the Eagles linebacker room. I mean, when you have an already weak linebacker room, you can't let Nigel Bradham go to the uh, go to New Orleans. You know, you can't let – I mean, because they're replacing him with uh, – what's that kid's name from – oh, man, they got him in the draft this year. I mean, he's solid, but – yeah, from it's not Nevada, I don't think. Yeah, so they got they got a new uh, they got a new linebacker this year, but I mean he's he's the biggest issue with him was that he had no experience. So you really got to kind of temper your expectations to them against the run. And like I said earlier, a team that cannot defend the run really has a hard time against these winning teams. That's where you see three and seven versus winning teams, six and zero versus losing. So. I, mean, I think that's kind of all you really have to say. When you also see this team being kind of young, being a much better home team than they are a road team. Uh, definitely. Um, so looking at looking at Dallas, you know Dallas, they went nine and seven as well. They went four and two in division, so they lost out on the first place spot in the division. Um, they're a five and three home team, four and four away, three and six versus winning, and six and one versus losing. This sounds exactly like last year, like to a T. Uh, I think they're a better team this year, man. I just I don't see them, I don't see them beating Seattle in Seattle on Sunday night. I think they could very well drop Arizona. They could drop Cleveland. They could drop Washington in Washington because Washington's a good team. They've got that front seven that's gonna do it's gonna do work. Well, and the biggest weakness of Dallas, well, first of all, you have first year coach, and so that's gonna be a transition year, which I think we factored in. And then I don't trust Dak Prescott in big moments. He can prove me wrong, but until then, I don't trust him in big moments. Yeah, and keep in mind, I've got them beating Minnesota. I've got them beating uh, San Francisco and Philly. You know, I've got them. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think they'll necessarily be worse than this. There's room for it, but I think their ceiling is 12 wins. I, I mean, if you see them come out the gate and pull it together. You can beat Seattle. You could beat Cleveland. You could beat Arizona. You could beat Washington. You could beat Pittsburgh. Like, there are teams, like, all these teams they lost to, you can win. And that ceiling 
is if Dak Prescott steps up like people think he can. And this is if he steps up to his potential, they could be a 12-win team because they have all the talent around him. It's just like, will he take that step? Yeah, and I think actually one of the biggest, I think the biggest shot this year was them losing Byron Jones, and they had to do it at some point. Uh, this comes back to uh, why on earth did you pay Zeke early? Because they dug themselves a grave, and you dug yourself a grave in the salary cap, and it shows that. You know, paying a running back is not the decision in the NFL right now. No, it's I would not where the league is trending at all. I'd rather have Byron Jones. I would rather have a number one corner than I would a running back who's now running soft because he got paid. Yep. I mean, that's exactly what it is. So, uh, now on to the Washington football team, the hottest new name in football. Um, they went 5-11, and 2-4 and four in division. Uh, I mean, would you agree that they're a better team than 5-11? and 11? I think they could be. I think, you know, you have... Dwayne Haskins, because the biggest thing that stands out to me right now is they went 0-8 on the road. Yep, yep. You have Dwayne Haskins, who the coaching staff didn't believe in last year, so he didn't get very much playing time. So he's more or less a rookie quarterback again. He has a new offense. He has you know a new coaching staff. And then they just don't have much offensive talent on this team. So, like, for example, with Washington, like you look at their front seven on defense, they're incredibly strong. One of the strongest in the league. You know, that's going to help them against winning teams where they do get two wins. Right. Where they beat teams that could be considered better than them. I mean, they beat Dallas, you know. And I think that there's more room for them to win some of these games. The problem is, offensively, I don't see them really doing much. You know, when it's teams that can score the ball, they could they keep pace with them. I don't. I didn't trust Dwayne Haskins coming out of college, and I don't know that I trust him in the pros. Yeah, now, the back half of the year last year, he did start to turn it on. And I do, I have started to believe in him a little bit more the more I've seen him play. Uh, I think that him in there with Ron Rivera. Now, I do think something that's important to bring up, are we going to talk about Alex Smith? I mean, if Alex Smith can come back, that dramatically raises this team's ceiling because you have a veteran quarterback that can take advantage of his weapons that he does have. Yep, and, and that's where, so, just... For clarification, he was cleared for full football activities uh, this last week. He He's able to go out there and start week one. The question is, is that what they do? Is that what they do? Are they going to put their chips on the table for this year? Or are they going to go with the young guy and look to the future? Yeah, and I mean, we, we I really don't, I can't tell you. You know, that's that's something that's for them to decide. Ron is not going to be. Uh, or might not be there for a good bit of the year. I think five and eleven is not that crazy, um, you know, with Ron Rivera having uh, lymph node cancer uh, very recently. So uh, New York, uh, the Giants. I'll specify here. We got them going two and fourteen. I, th- I mean, would you also agree they're better than that? I would agree they're better than that. I would say their glaring weakness is their new offensive coordinator, uh, Jason Garrett. Uh, that was one of the worst signings of anyone ever. Uh, they went 0-11 versus winning teams, 2-3 and versus losing teams. It's not necessarily that that's what they're going to do. I just can't sit here and pick one necessarily. Like New York, they are a better team than they were last year, but they still... But you got rid of Pat Shermer. Mm-hmm. You put your second-year quarterback in a new system that's going to be terrible. Yep. You have a young offensive line. That's probably going to struggle. Yep. You have something on defense, maybe. Maybe you got Blake. You, you have okay. You got Blake Martinez. There's no future. 
If your linebacker core is bad, you have you really the only thing going for you on defense is Julius Peppers. Not that Peppers. No, Jabril not Julius. Peppers. Jabril Peppers. I wish they had Julius Peppers. That's I wish they that, need. that would be a pass crush. Uh, their their defense is just really weak. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think Joe Judge could be a good head coach, but I don't like his offensive coordinator hire. Yep. Uh, okay, let's just put it this way. The modern defense is comprised of pass rush and a secondary. You know what they suck at? Pass rush and secondary. Precisely. Oh, and linebackers, too. Um, so, looking at this, I mean, they're 1-7 and seven at home, 1-7 and seven away. There's not much to talk about, man. It's just bad. It's just bad, and I mean... Their offense is going to be comprised of running the ball up to A-gap and a couple 1970 play-action passes. Well, okay. Saquon Barkley's going to do some crazy stuff when he gets a hold. And just don't get me wrong. I think that their tackle duo of Matt Pert and uh, Andrew Thomas Andrew Thomas are going to be amazing in like three years. But it's not like three years. No. And hopefully they'll and have a good offensive coordinator by then. Exactly. I mean, Jason Garrett... I don't understand why on earth he has a coordinator position at this point. He I should mean, be position unless coaching. It's, unless it's uh, special teams? Like even that is a stretch. I just uh, and and this is a this is a somebody in the Dallas area that has watched yeah, Jason Garrett be a head coach for 8 years. Nosedive the Cowboys repeatedly. Um I'm I'm so over it. Okay. So, next up, San Francisco 49ers. We got them going 12 and 4. Uh, four and two in division, eight and four in conference, eight and zero at home, four and four away, five and four versus winning teams, seven and zero versus losing teams. Um, I mean, what do you think about this? I mean, I think their record against winning teams stands out. Obviously, they're still a really good team, and I think that they're going to be a hard team to beat because of their d- defensive coordinator Robert Sala and how good their defense is. And Kyle Shanahan makes all things work on offense. Simply put, they're the best coach team in the entire league. Oh, by far. I mean, offense, defense, everything. Everything is well coached. I think their biggest weakness is Jimmy G, which is not a bad weakness. No, it's not. I mean, he's I a, mean you have a solid, he's a solid quarterback. quarterback. You know, and I, I think the, the biggest reason that you see them going 5-4 and four versus winning teams is that 4-2 and two in division. Like, you, you're going 4-2 and two in a division that is this solid. I mean, you're dropping one to Arizona and one to Seattle. That's not a bad record. I mean, you're you're sweeping L.A., which you could even say that might be a little bit of a stretch. Like, I don't think there's a bad, an objectively bad team in this division. You know, and so losing to Dallas, that's a bad matchup. Dallas has one of the best front sevens in the league, once again. You've got a very solid front four, and then the best, line, the best linebacker room in the league, like, honestly. Yeah. the I mean, Fred Warner is... So good. I hope he has a great year this I was year. Talking about the Cowboys. Oh, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, LVE, Sean Lee, and uh, and Jalen Smith. Like, if you're trying to run on that, you know, you got Demarcus. Let's not forget Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, well, I suppose uh, what's his name from Don Terry Poe. Uh, Don Terry Poe, but uh, what's his name that got the hamstring tear? Uh, that got cut. From Joe McCoy. Joe McCoy's out, um, but you do still have. Um, you still got rookie from. Neville Gallimore, rookie from OU. You still got Tristan Hill, who had a decent rookie year, and second year I believe was last year. Um, you know, and then you've got uh, Everson Griffin. That's a good front four, you know, and you can you can stop the run, and it's not like San Francisco has crazy weapons. Um, 
you know, I mean, you've got Jalen Smith on George Kittle. I know that's not a great matchup for Dallas, but it's good enough that I believe that you can see Dallas winning one of those games. And Dallas did not win a lot of those games that should have been close, so I feel comfortable giving that to them. Um, you have them uh, losing to New Orleans in New Orleans. You have them losing to Seattle in Seattle. It's not, I mean, you have them losing in Arizona, Arizona. I know Arizona's not as good of a team, but they're going to lose a game like that. Every team's going to lose a game they shouldn't. Um, or a lot of teams will. Uh, so we spent a good bit of time on San Francisco. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's an important team to talk about. No, it's a team that is supposed to do well this year, and when teams are supposed to do well, you got to spend some time on And speaking of teams that are going to do well, is the Seattle Seahawks going 12-4. and four. Yes, and very similarly, um, they went so they went 3-3 three and three in division. Uh, this is a very good division. That's a very respectable record. Um, you know, they they don't lose a game until week 10. Which is in, absolutely insane. In L.A. off the bye week. Like, L.A.'s coming off the bye week. I see them, I could see them losing that game. You know, but, you know, you've got home games against New England, Dallas, Minnesota, and San Francisco. Home field advantage. Against I mean, especially... I think that's the big one against San Francisco there in Week 8 because that would be a toss-up game for a lot of people. But because fans should be back in the stands by Week 8 and it's in Seattle, that'll make a difference. Yep, and you've had your bye week right in the middle of that stretch as well. So I think – and then also looking at that, all of your away games, you're playing Atlanta, Miami, Arizona, and Buffalo, which Buffalo I think they can very well beat. Arizona, that's a toss-up, but you're coming off the bye week. Miami and Atlanta, I don't really doubt. So, yeah, I think ten and zero, or I think nine and zero to start the year is very realistic. After that, you're kind of, you know, you're farting around in the middle of it. You beat Arizona again. I think they'll sweep Arizona because you come off the bye week in Arizona and then you play Arizona again at home later. Lose to Philly, beat New York, uh, beat the Giants. I mean, and then while you're there, beat the Jets as well. Or no, okay, no. So. Giants and Jets come to town. You beat both of them. Beat Washington and Washington. But yeah, and then you got San Francisco and Seattle. You know, I've, I've got them winning that game. You know, kind of a home-and-home uh, home there. You know, and so I, I look at this, and, and they're a very, very good team. I had them. I, I like them a lot. And then they got Jamal Adams, and... Jamal Adams is just insane. He's an X-Factor. He makes that defense that was kind of meh into an elite defense again. Yes. Um, so now over to Arizona, and, and this is another team, and this is a team that I'm particularly high on. I mean, we both came up with these records, and we came up with ten and six. No, Arizona's a good team. They're on the rise. I mean, anytime you add Isaiah Simmons, it's not going to hurt. Oh uh, no, definitely. And he's going to be a freak on that defense, and I, I mean, this team is just going to be good. Yep, and I think a lot of their holes are they're starting to fill. This is another one of those front offices and. Uh, that's that's really looking up. Like they're doing a very good job. I like Vance Joseph's defense. I like Cliff Kingsbury's offense a lot. Um, somehow coming from Texas Tech, he's actually managing to do pretty well. You know, a lot of people laughed at the Cardinals, including myself, when they hired Cliff Kingsbury. But he's proven people wrong. He's done a good job. I laughed at them when they passed when they got rid of Josh Rosen for Kyler Murray, but that proved me wrong. And they've turned into a solid team. Yeah, I mean they really. They kind of marched to the beat of their own drum, and they've done well so far. Now, it's only one year in, but I think we've seen enough to where we can feel confident about them. Um, so going into, the, going into the season, like 6-2 and two at home, 4-4 four and four away, 3-4 and four versus winning teams, 7-2 versus losing teams. 
this is a very Arizona Cardinals season. You know what's crazy about this season? Mm-hmm. Is that they're going to be a 10-8-6 team and not make the playoffs. Yep. Because they're going to be third, third in their division. Third in your division, which is insane. The NFC is incredibly good this year. The NFC is stacked, and particularly the NFC West is just ridiculous. I mean, that's you're looking at we've recorded four 12-4 teams. That's unreal. So, and then finally we get to L.A., and I think you'll... I think that they're better than a 6-10 and 10 team once again, but it's just so hard in the NFC to sit here and say that I mean, one of these teams that we've got doing very well is going to suck. Yeah, I mean, L.A., they've had some issues with their roster management. Their front office has been struggling a little bit as of late, and I think that's largely why we factored in them losing some. No, and I think, and I think the biggest thing that you're looking at here is, you know, L.A., they took and they went all in. They put all their chips on the table. For what, 2018. For 2018, and you know, now it's 2020, and they're having to deal with the consequences of that action. Absolutely. I mean, you're paying, you're paying dead cap for players that aren't even on your team anymore. I mean, let's look at Todd Gurley, and then you pay Jared Goff such a big contract. You know, that's just at some point the money runs out. They're not one of those. They're teams that are big spenders, and then they're the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the teams that are the big spenders. You've got New Orleans, who will sit there and ride a loaded roster for years. And then you've got L.A., who went out and just spent without any problem. They're still they're still paying money for, uh, what's that receiver that went to the Texans? Uh, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. They're still paying him. They're still paying Todd Gurley, or what's left of him. You know, it's just, it's, it's cap mismanagement. Yeah, and that's why they have such a rough record this year, and hopefully they'll bounce back in you know two seasons when those debt that dead cap off their books. Yeah, and I mean, I think the sad thing is you know you look at a, a legitimately very good uh, head coach in Sean McVay, and he's just getting stuck with a roster that can't he, win. He he almost turned it around too fast. They got too high on themselves. They got too high on themselves, and it's also a shame that Aaron Donald's stuck on a team that's not winning. All right, and that'll wrap it up for our NFC record predictions. Um, we got Green Bay at eleven and five, Minnesota at nine and seven, Chicago at seven and nine, Detroit five and eleven, uh, New Orleans, Tampa Bay twelve and four, Carolina, Atlanta at five and eleven, uh, Philly and Dallas at nine and seven, Washington at five and eleven, New York at two and fourteen, uh, San Francisco and Seattle at twelve and four, Arizona at ten and six, and L.A. at six and ten. Uh, that'll wrap up NFC. We're gonna go ahead and clip this into a separate episode. Uh, we'll have the AFC. Up next, and then our third part in this little, you know, three-part miniseries is going to be uh, playoffs and uh, award predictions. So make sure to tune in for that. We should be dropping all these Monday if I can. Um, so we will see y'all in the next one.